Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the Marks hailing from Labra and weighing in at 179 and a half pounds. I'm John, a producer of Wrestling Daft and host of this very show. I'm on my week off, I'm enjoying sunshine, I'm enjoying beer gardens, but I couldn't let the week go by without speaking to these two fine gentlemen. First of all, joining me, a man bigger than the queues to get into the beer garden, it's Big Alex. Good afternoon. Are they bigger or smaller than the queues to get into IKEA? <laughs> They're probably on par, I would say, at this point um, of going to press. So, um, yeah. And with him sitting to my left, virtually, a man who has more contacts than a boot subtitions as sports key does Gary Cassidy. I think we're uh, starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel for the, <laughs> the intro. Listen, listen we're, not even, we're nowhere near the bottom of the barrel yet, my friend. <laughs> John's still skimming from the top. Just from the top. Listen, it'll get worse and worse as the weeks go on. Uh, so yeah, boys, um, how's your week been? Anything exciting happening wrestling wise with you guys? Well, we've got the return of this new concept of TV pay-per-views, which I love. It hooks back to the TNA days. I think AEW done it really well. It's a nice little stopgap, and then WWE ripping them off. Yeah, I love that. A uh, bit of copycat in there. Obviously, someone's like, oh, AEW doing some, oh, you know, let's, let's go into the old WC. What, what have we got the rights to at the moment? Let's just. Well, which one did Dusty make? One that what? Dusty made. I want one of Dusty's. Yeah, July the 4th, American, Great America Bash. There, it has to be. We'll put that on and we'll just we'll just go up against Fighter Fest. It must, poor, poor AEW. But we do love the fact that Cody Rhodes, and I'm sure you'll refer to it in um, your buddies and putovers later, Alex, um, coming out in the, the fight the, the great um, American Nightmare in f- the font of the Great America back. <laughs> Not so subtle, really, was it? Not so subtle. <laughs> no, no, no. What were you, Gary? Anything exciting happening wrestling-wise with you this week? Nothing at all. Um, while we will keep what I'm about to say spoiler-free, the only thing that happened of interest for me was that I woke up in six hours previous a certain NXT superstar had shared the ending of the main event of this week's NXT uh, yeah. Great American Bash. We'll get onto that a bit I, later on. Um, you guys I, give I, me a spoiler warning because I've managed to avoid that. I'm so not going to. I, 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 I won't mention the spoiler, but if yeah. John says it, he can uh, tell you right. what the spoiler is. But I've got some wee details about that which are interesting. Well, Alex can close his ears because I've spoiled it as well. Um, uh, like I've already had, I've already had the New Japan Cup semi-final results spoiled by the official New Japan Instagram account. <laughs> Oh, a couple of right, days ago okay. as well. Well, I'm sure we'll get on to that when we go turning Japanese later on. I've got some exciting wrestling news, boys, however. I've got very, listen, you, this, you won't be able to see this if you're listening to this, but I am going to show you something right now. You ready for this? Wait till you see this. <laughs> oh! 
That's a reason alone to be a Patreon, I think, right there to see the video version. <laughs> well, there you go. I am currently I'm sporting a pair of Mark Coffee's wrestling trunks. And why are you sporting a pair of Mark Coffee's wrestling trunks, you're asking, is because I won them in a raffle. Can I ask, how waist size, how are you compared to Mark Coffee? They fit okay, actually. So, um, I mean, they're quite... Quite tall. The coffees are like coffees are like wide boys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 32, so they're fighting they're, they're okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm 6'2, so I'm a big lad as well. But <laughs> no, I, you do not have like. You I do not have the build of a wrestler, a coffee, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I sponsored the, the, the guys, Kenny Williams, obviously arranged the, the run for Lionheart, the 16K run around all the venues in Glasgow, and I, I chipped in and I won these in the raffle, so. I am now sport- a proud owner of a pair of Mark Coffee wrestling trunks. Is your wife going to let them, will you like frame them and put them on the wall anywhere? I've already suggested a little game of wrestler referee later on, but she's not up for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a no for that's a no on that account. So, a bit of a shame for me. <laughs> this week, we will have all the latest views, reviews, and news as ever from the world of wrestling. Um, Alex will be trying to make us New Japan in our most recent feature, Turning Japanese. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, on Fantasy Booking Island, it was a shock win for myself last week, be, uh, booking Tozawa as Ninja Army. So I will, I've got the book this week, and it's all about tag teams. We'll find out more about that when we get into that a bit later on. We'll be burying and putting over all the stuff from the shows, as always. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So usually I have the mic on the promo, but I'm going to hand it to my tag team partner this week because Big Alex, there is something grinding his gears. Alex, you have the floor. I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week because I believe I've already had this rant, but they've done it again. We're back having to go at the world of belt design. First of all, we had the Tonix tea cake, which is just not a thing that I want to see. And now, as of last night, we have the United States Toblerone. I mean, why? What, what is wrong with the WWE belt department? Why does everything have to be these big gold splashes that they can sell to children? Why do all the straps need to have coloration? But most importantly, why does it need the word champion emblazoned right across the middle of the belt in the biggest font possible? And the M is... Like it throws the counter of the full font off because obviously it's not got an odd number of letters in the word champion, but the M is bang in the middle, so it, it completely throws it off. It just doesn't make any sense. There's so much more you can do with those belts. I do like now the customizable side plates that Gary pointed out on Twitter earlier. I let them off for the IC title belt, but nah, not for that, not for that, and not for that Tonix TK either. Come on, boys, get your finger out. Whoever's doing all this belt design, give me a call. We'll get it so get it so. <laughs> So where have you been? Why are you not wearing a Wrestling Daft t-shirt? Well, get on it, man. Get on it right now, Wrestling Daft. John, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I hate to say it, but have a look around this podcast. Oh, dear, yeah. (laughs) We're not actually wearing a Wrestling Daft (laughs) at the moment. However, listen, don't follow our example. We're bad, bad people to follow. Get I think this is the fir- officially the first week where none of us have been wearing it, any wrestling. It, it is, it is, That's one it out of is, 20. It is. But listen, you can look wrestling daft chic right now uh, by getting your very own t-shirt, hoodie, 
bum bag. We've got all the catchphrases from the shows on there. Chip season, Donnie, Margaret is a fiend, I'm a mark. We're definitely due a new one, and I've got an idea which I'll run by you after after the show to see what you think about it. But there's loads of designs up there, and you can check them all out on our uh, merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. That's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Loads of stuff up there so you can go wrestling daft mad. And if you do buy something, please take a pic of it. Pop it on our Twitter and we'll give you a shout out. So get on board right now, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. It's that point of the show where we like to go through the weekly shows as we bury and put over all the things from it. Um, now, I've got to hold my hands up this week. Usually we get a guest mark on to do SmackDown. However, I am off this week and completely forgot to do it. Uh, I reached out to the Patreons. The Patreons were like, no, nah, we've not watched SmackDown. Um, but we do know a man who watches every bit of wrestling <laughs> program who is on this podcast. So up to the mic, we'll start Gary yet again to cover off SmackDown. Thank you, Gary. We love you for what you do. No um, worries. It was a, it's not a challenge to watch it as much as it used to be, so I don't mind. I don't mind at good all. Good lad. Good <laughs> lad. Um, let's kick off, however, with Alex and night one of Fighter Fest on AEW. Well, that's the TV pay-per-view card that wholeheartedly delivered. We even had Taz taking some dirty wee shots at WWE, which we all quite enjoyed, and WWE got quite annoyed with. And I also totally want Pineapple Pete's Tabasco Vest, but that's just me, and that's another thing. I've not seen this. Describe this Tabasco Vest for me. It's, it's just a vest with the Tabasco logo on it, and I just really want it. I don't know why. Right, okay. it, just, it was just a highlight for me this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, that one of, is that one of your put-overs? No, it's not. It's not. It's just... It's just I'm going to have to start with the Burries because they've done they've done it again, guys. Oh no 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 no! It's, they've done it again. The GLS, we're on the. If I'm, I'm today. Money. I have to override the GLS for good reason because they've done <laughs> right, it again. Okay, John. But, right, let's let's go. Put over Burry, Burry, put over. So at least we have. I can't. I can't. Not this week. This right, Burry's okay, too big. Try, it's try. too big. They've yeah, done it again, John. The fucking Beach Girls. Those fucking ah, Beach yeah, Girls were there yeah. again, and then you had Jr. on commentary acting like it was 1997 with a kick. No. No, I'm, so, I'm agreeing with you there. That's a, that is a berry that needed to be put first. <laughs> it's, it's just awkward. They should have learned from it last time, and especially the week of we've had the yeah, movement. The movement. They should have yeah. been a little bit more sensible. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like timing with the lumberjack match last week. Why it was unnecessary. Yeah, fair okay, point. I've got out of the way now. It's okay. Right, it's okay. go go. I just had to get that off my chest. Right, so onto the good things. So. I want to put over Penelope Ford for absolutely kicking some serious ass, but most importantly, having some of the best counter-wrestling that I have seen in a long time. The highlight of the night. That was an excellent match. Yeah, that was a really good good match. And that counter off the dropkick where she did the full spider kind of like arch back thing. Beautiful. Phenomenal. And I thought that like the even had Aubrey like kicking Sabian out right at the start, which meant Penelope had to fend by herself, just made it even better. So 10 points for that and making Penelope look like a star as well. I did hate that spot though with the candlestick when it flew straight up in the air. It was I, di- I didn't like that spot, but it was a, it was a bit silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm letting them off. On the whole, I thought it was really good. And I think it kind of it totally elevates Penelope Ford and takes her out of Kip Sabian's shadow to a certain degree as well, yeah, which I think I she think- needed. That was potentially match. I mean, I'll be interested to see what your match tonight. But for me, that was potentially match of the night. Yeah, it was. It was right up there. It was yeah. right up there. Yeah, but uh, obviously, well, it obviously wasn't your match of the night. Keep going, Alex. 
Well, the other thing I need to put over is my Zoom background for this week, and that is Trent's mum. Trent's mum driving them out to the ring in a <laughs> minivan and then insisting that she comes back and gives them a kiss before the match. That's brilliant. That's the same, uh, the same Trent's mum who gave away the fact that Brian Pillman Jr. was backstage by sharing a photo of him on uh, her Instagram, standing backstage in his gear. <laughs> Maybe I should bury her as mum. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love that because it's such a mum thing. I love that because it's such a mum thing. Come back here and give your mum a kiss. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to throw in one final bury because it was that bad. And I've done this to a lot of wrestlers so far for their attire, but MJF has taken a biscuit with that pink robe dressing gown <laughs> thing and matching pants. Like, I have to bury it, but you can tell he's just done it for the hell of the heat. And you even had the commentators ripping him for his pink trunks, which I thought was fantastic. I mean, it was mainly Jericho, but it worked, and he looked ridiculous. Mm. And But yet yeah, so proud and ridiculous. <laughs> and you see, I, my match of the night was, was going to be the main event until... It didn't turn out how I wanted it to, and there was a tear in my eye that they didn't win the belts, even after they had Dred Smar bringing them out, and I got all excited, and I thought, here we go, here we go, and then, no, I was crushed. But I actually, my match of the night was actually Hager versus Cody, because it was, I thought it was actually really good, which I was genuinely surprised at, more so than I was surprised that, uh, that Sheeta versus Ford was good. But there is one or two questionable things about the match, and that is Jake Hager's new nickname. Did any of you catch what that was? No. Is it, alli- is it alliteration? alliteration? No. Oh. It's rock hard Jake Hager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is and a- his wife, the Catalina wine mixer. I'm like, come on, guys. Can someone have a little bit of sense when you're coming up with these names, please? Although that, I did... Sorry? Sorry, that was particularly shit. It was particularly was- bad. It was particularly bad. But what I did like was at one point Jericho referred to Arn's little tech sheet as a Waffle House menu, which I thought was great. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I thought it was decent. Fighter Fest uh, night one, really, 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 really good. I had a look at the comparison between the two, the card from last year, and it's if you look at it's like about seventy five percent the same wrestlers, but then what they've added to the cards on top of that has been phenomenally good. So yeah. it's it's amazing contrast to look at. Gary, I mean, Gary, it'd be interesting to know um, how, I don't know if you've got the ratings and how Fighter Fest compared to Night One, the Great American Bash, before I go and get into that. Do you know what the the, the results are? I don't remember. Uh, I definitely seen them. I think it was a case, as as has been the past few weeks, where NXT won the, you know, the viewership, but the demographic was AEW. Right. Um, I think that was it, but I don't have the exact numbers. Um, I can see NXT winning next week. Now they've had to move Moxley versus Cage. Yeah, um, so it was NXT 792,000 and Dynamite 748,000. That's, so that's, that's good that's, numbers for both, to be fair. Aye, one and a half uh, million people watching good wrestling. Good. So, yeah, that. exactly. And I mean, if you put that together, what, that's like the rating that Raw gets. That's more than SmackDown gets, is it not? So um, it's it's flipped now. <laughs> it's more than yeah, it's gets now. <laughs> SmackDown gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, that's interesting. No, because I thought um, going into NXT um, in the Great American Bash, I really enjoyed that show. Really enjoyed that show. We had Fatal Four Way with the women. Had Ripley versus Robert Stone Aaliyah, which I thought was excellent. Uh, Roddy Dexter in the strap match went on a bit too long, but it was really good. 
Uh, then Io Shirai and Sasha as the main event. I thought it was, it was a really good show. But let's go on to the buddies and putovers. Let's say uh, I'll follow the GLS. I'm going to go put over, buddy, buddy, put over. So we end in a positive, okay? Uh, so let's put over, first of all, um, Tegan Knox. I'm going to put over Tegan Knox. Uh, I'm going to start by putting her over, but I'm going to come on to a buddy about her in a minute. Uh, Tegan Knox, I think, really as a performer and as a wrestler, she has come on. In the year, I think she's come on leaps and bounds. And I can see her being one of the top stars in NXT going forward. I can see her obviously competing against uh, Io Shirai for that belt because she won the, the Fatal 4-Way. Um, I think, you know, she did this beautiful spot. It was just off the ropes. She caught him in a kind of uh, almost like a German suplex position and just flipped. It was just a beautiful move. And it, I think she's, as a performer, she's really uh, come on leaps and bounds. Um, however... That leads me to my first buddy, where our tagline, which comes up on the title on the Titan Tron at the back, is "faster, stronger, shinier." It sounds like a fucking advert for Daz or Flash. <laughs> Faster, stronger, shinier. How does what that sound in the Welsh accent? I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm going to bury that for TV. I, I thought you were going to bury the thing that came to me yesterday when I saw an article with a typo in it about her, whereas if you change the first two letters of your name to two other letters, it's not too far away from Megan Fox. Oh, I, I was um, thinking vegan, but then you've... Uh, well. <laughs> Vegan Mox. <laughs> John Moxley turned vegan. Um, right, he might so, already be a vegan. It's quite common. Potentially. So, so I'm, not, I'm not burying vegans, Alex. <laughs> no, I really right. need to look this up now, just, just, just to see if John was... No. Right, okay. Uh, let's go on. To, well, Alex looks at it on going to my second uh, buddy of the night. Let's go for... There was a massive big section of the show. It was, I guess, from a production point of view. This is this is getting really into the nuances, though. Uh, but there was like three matches, and then there was a whole probably about twenty minutes without without much going on of just building to next week. I mean, don't get me wrong, the stuff within it was really good. But you had a great, beautiful package between Keith Lee and Adam Cole, which I thought was really strong stuff, and just gave a bit more story to their match, which it needed. But there was like a whole 15-20 minute section in the show that just built to night two. And I thought that could have been spaced out across the show as opposed to putting one big lump before the main event. Um, so I'm going to bury that. Uh, and put over, let's see what we can put over. There's quite a few bits. But I'm going to have to put over... I think I'll put over the, the fact that I think we've seen a, a re-establishment of Rhea Ripley. Uh, she was in the two-in-one handicap match um, against Robert Stone and Aaliyah. And I just thought she needs that at the moment with the, you know, since WrestleMania, she's been on a bit of a slide. But she really showed, you know, in the two-in-one handicap between Robert Stone and Aaliyah that she's back to badass. And listen, Aaliyah, talking about Tegan Ox is another one that's come on as a performer really, really well. Um, but yeah, I think I've got to put over Rhea Ripley. Um Fandango's moustache comes a close second. There's a lot of good moustaches in NXT at the moment. A lot of good moustaches. There used to be a lot of good moustaches on this podcast. Now there's yeah. only one. <laughs> to be fair, Gary's moustache is coming back. So, uh, yeah. so It's not yeah. good enough, John. It's not good enough anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to me in a month. Then you can be, have the moustache credit back. Right, okay. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of good stuff on night one of Great American Bash. Looking forward to night two. And a uh, match for the night. Can't look beyond the, the main event. I mean, I, I love the strap match, but it just went on a bit too long. So I'm just going to the main event. Io Shirai and, and Sasha. Sasha is just 
you know, back to her best. Um, Bailey was great as a heel, you know, just doing all the heely t- stuff. She, and she's really looking like a heel. She came out with a stupid hat on, just wearing garish stuff, just not giving a shit heel stuff. Loved it. So Io Shirai versus uh, Sasha, I think, was match of the night. Let's move on then. Hop, skip, and a jump on to any SmackDown. Yeah. So um, SmackDown... I'm going to put over this again, and I feel like I'm going to be putting it over for a long time. They're still doing it. They're still continuing with the bad luck Corbin story. <laughs> How many <laughs> the, days have you got the days and the weeks down yet, guys? We are six years and 45 weeks um, we're at now. This is how long he's got left of bad luck, of course. And his bad luck this week was being hit with a flip-flop while on commentary. Uh, Matt Riddle smashed him in the face with a flip-flop from a very close distance. And I think the actual put-over for that isn't quite the storyline. There is a very nice screenshot people should all go and check out of Corey Graves in the background looking absolutely flabbergasted at the fact that uh, Corbin has just been hit with a flip-flop. So that precisely was absolutely amazing. That's that's definitely the wrestling uh, picture of the week, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that that was on. I was like, right, that's just the kind of thing you can't plan. It just looked brilliant. The Corey Graves, uh, the reaction, that was amazing. Things that weren't amazing. <sighs> so I almost was going to bury the pacing of the show, but I feel like I'm going to wait and put over something from that instead. But the thing that I need to bury comes from the pacing of the show where they ruined what was a fantastic SmackDown uh, by having the last segment be the worst segment on the show. And it was, yet again, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus. Uh, doesn't make any sense for a start because they had, you know, Sheamus toasting Jeff Hardy. I would have put it over because I'm a Liverpool man and they had the Liverpool scarves in the background, these uh, flat. But it wasn't enough to save it for me. They had... Seamus toasting Jeff Hardy, doing all the stuff he has been doing. Both talents have done well with it, but the booking was terrible. They had a barman in the ring trying to serve Jeff Hardy a drink. And then Jeff Hardy's the face here, but Jeff Hardy glassed the bartender from behind. So, like, that's not really... He didn't just glass him, he bottled him. I bottled him. I bottled him, so I didn't even glass him. I'm going, that's that's not a face thing to do in the bar. That's a normal night out in Glasgow, what are you talking about? (laughs) He's just preparing for the pub's reopening. (laughs) But I, um, I keep saying it, well, you know, the last impression is normally the lasting impression. Uh, it was in this case because it was a fantastic SmackDown and that just sold it. It just made it a, a less good SmackDown. Whereas if they had that in the middle, it would have been okay. Um, mm. But that leads me to the last put over. Three amazing matches. Like the first hour of SmackDown was three absolutely brilliant matches. Uh, we had John Morrison versus Matt Riddle which, you know, isn't a match I thought I'd have liked beforehand. It's no one oh. that I was like... I'd, well, I, I know I when you think of the talents, but oh. it's not the kind of thing that I was like, oh, I need to see John Morrison versus Matt Riddle. But the second they were in the ring, I was like, this is incredible. Um, Drew Gulak versus AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm. I don't think that's the kind of match you no. need to say anything else about. That's just brilliant. And Did then, you not hear John's reaction? It was just, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a nice warm feel. I mean, that, that card, I mean, I mean, I'm a massive mark for Morrison. So Morrison Riddle, for me, is done it, doing it every time. Gulak, AJ Styles, tremendous. And what was the third one? The third one was Kofi Kingston, Shinsuke Nakamura. That, that, that's exciting. All on TV. All on TV. <laughs> three amazing TV matches back to back there. Yeah. So I uh, we should all start watching SmackDown. Yeah, I think yeah, we should do it. It sounds like it's pretty good these days. Jesus. That was, um, what, 
fantastic up until that last segment. The other match as well, I think, was Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. So yeah. it was all, all good stuff. What would say uh, match tonight then? <laughs> it was Matt Riddle versus John Morrison. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. an absolute classic. Hunters and Hunters, uh, obviously athleticism. Hunters and near falls, but not in the way of it just being near falls for the sake of near falls. No, not in uh, NXT just, way, no. Aye, uh, yeah, pretty much. Aye, it was just a brilliant match. I, I really liked it. And I think for that to have been a standout on a card that had the other two matches, has to be. Yeah. Have, have, you, have you been playing a game of who, of guess who, but guess who's got the coronavirus when you're watching WWE TV <laughs> and like kind of figuring out who's been on TV a lot recently? Hmm, they're not there this week. Hmm, they're not there this week. Well, we'll get more in that guess who game when we get on to Raw. But first of all, I need to go back to Tennessee because I'm completely forgot to put over the fact that Breezango and Drake look like they're going to be a team. How amazing is that going to be? I am so looking forward to week two of uh, American Bash uh, because that is going to be tremendous. Anyway, without further ado, let's move on to Raw and work out who's get who's got COVID and who hasn't. Well, funnily enough, my first putover was seeing people we don't normally see. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I wonder why that was. <laughs> so um, there was a load of people that appeared on Raw that are people we wouldn't have expected. For a start, Heath Slater. You know, I, I thought that was brilliant. It was unprecedented to see somebody come back when they've been released anyway. Like, we've seen it with Kurt Angle, but that's the only other time I remember seeing it happen was with him refereeing the, the fight pit match. Heath Slater came back, and of course he lost in quick fashion to Drew McIntyre. But I thought there wasn't any problem with it. It's not going to do him any, you know, any injustice to lose to Drew McIntyre. Nice fire, he doesn't have a gig, so it's not going to do him any bother. That's, that's like the opposite of burying somebody for, that's going to go elsewhere. Um, he is out of con- obviously out of contract, is not the right term, but he is free to go elsewhere in a week and a half, 11 days. Um, for him to get an appearance on Raw, he cut a brilliant promo, a really nice heartfelt promo. He looked the part. He looks like he's been on the weights. Um, he looked absolutely brilliant. And he had that match, obviously. It was a quick match. But then Drew McIntyre, I believe this was probably knowing the script, uh, but they'd done the 3MB thing and then Drew McIntyre raised his arm and he got a really nice farewell, which is just what Heath Slater deserves. I think he's been some servant for WWE. He's never quite got the push that he deserved, I don't think. And it was just nice to see him back for a start, but also nice to see how he how he was back. It was a really nice uh, segment. Do you but, not think they should have got let him get a wee bit more offence? Aye, I would have liked that, but I can see why they didn't. And Stu McIntyre don't really yeah. mind it. <laughs> I think I think um, it would have been pre WrestleMania. They might have given him a good match, but not. Aye. Yeah. Uh, aye, I think they they kind of had to do what they had to do in terms of no making him look like the the best competitor on the world because otherwise he's just going to go elsewhere and make them money but I think they gave him a nice wee a nice wee segment but not only did we have Heath Slater Kyrie Sane was back um, amidst a lot of speculation that she was gone for good Rey Mysterio I still think he's the kind of guy we need to just you know when we see him appreciate that we see him and then the last uh, people that we've seen I absolutely loved seeing oh sorry of course it was Kevin Owens as well who's back a lot of speculation of, that someone this is definitely completely unrelated. Someone who was returning to TV was the reason WWE are now forcing mask wearing. Um, I won't speculate as to who that is. I'll just mention that Kevin Owens was back. And, uh, was <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that completely un- unrelated tangent uh, is just in there for no reason. But the other names that I think need mentioned, Randy Orton and Big Show, both in a match on Raw. When's the last time we've seen those two in a match on the same Raw? And I know that was probably just to get us to the Extreme Rules match, but 
again, they're two people that I'm like, if we're seeing them on Raw, Randy Orton was fantastic. He had a segment where he grabbed Garza by the throat. It was very uncomfortable for everybody, um, but it was uncomfortable in the best kind of way. I think they're just people we need to appreciate watching while we still can. In all fairness, that was the longest put over in the history of uh, this podcast. The other ones are all, thankfully, stuff that I can fly through. Two berries. The first one, Alex has covered it already. United States Championship review. Um, I mentioned it that I don't hate it as much as I did, but the review was the worst reveal I've ever seen of any belt, um, apart from the 24-7 championship. Uh, so that was a berry. The other berry, because I'm doing two this week, because they're both short, Dominic and Mysterio's name being changed again. He's got the C back in it again. I, I don't know why they can't just give the guy a name and stick with it. So uh, what, is it CK, and then it's just K, and then it's CK? Aye, it's went back to C, and it was originally just C. So he's had three different names at this point. So aye, that was bad. He'll be Dom next week. He'll be just Dom Mysterio. I think they should just go with that. I'll just call him Rey Mysterio. I guess Rey Mysterio Jr. is Rey Mysterio Jr. Rey Mysterio the third. I think call him that. Or, or That's very American. That's like <laughs> a Mexican-American like combination. They'll love that. I did, I did see they should call him King Dom. They should be King of the Ring call, <laughs> so you can call him King Dom. That'd be quite good. I wouldn't mind that. Um, another put over is just Sasha and Bailey. I think they've just been absolutely fantastic. We had two brilliant uh, lengthy women's matches. One ended in a no finish, um, which was Sasha versus Kyrie Sane. Obviously brilliant. Another one was Bailey versus Asuka. 25 minutes. And the specific put over that I'm doing for that is Bailey took a ridiculous-looking back fist for Asuka, spun around, hit her, caught her way too flush, looked really bad, Asuka looked shaken, but Bailey carried on, and while she gets credit, the credit has to be given to her nose for taking the bump and no exploding in the first place. <laughs> uh, and that was also match of the night, Asuka Bailey. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, thank you very much, Gary, for taking two hits uh, this week. Uh, Remember, if you want your buddies and putovers, I was going to say you can get them in for Rab and Gradle this week, but it's actually a pre-recorded show this week. Um, I'm off this week, and I didn't trust Gradle or Rab to do the editing on the show. Um, so it's a best of wrestling daft that is going around. You know that point where it gets to like the Friends of the Big Bang Theory, where they get to that point mid-season where they just ram out a whole bunch of best of bits? That's pretty much what it's going to be like uh, this Friday. So it's a best of on uh, the big show this week. I think you should have just done a one-hour version of the Pillsbury Doughboy laughing. I we should have, actually. <laughs> you should have done the opposite. You should have just had one hour worth of Brab and Grader's outtakes from the duration of the show. That, we, we couldn't put that out. We, <laughs> I, I've told you some It'd of the stuff that goes on off air. We can't put that out. No, no, no. It's the Vapors turning Japanese, which means... It's Turning Japanese, the segment of the show where Big Alex tries to convince us all to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. The New Japan World Cup is going on at the moment. It's the New Japan Cup. (laughs) The New Japan World Cup was a a what culture professional wrestling event, I believe, John. Oh, is it? Right, okay. So it's just the New Japan Cup that's going on at the moment. Alex, what has been happening? Well, first of all, I have to bury the New Japan Instagram account for ruining both matches for me. So we, we got our semi-final draw came out. There was a couple of surprises. So the non-surprise match we had, Kazuchika Okada versus uh, Takahashi, which was, as we all expecting, really, really good. It was heavyweight versus the light heavyweight champion. Light heavyweight champion. It was a lot of good physicology, and it was just a very satisfying wrestling match. But surprisingly, the more interesting of the two matches was the other side of the bracket. 
So we had Evil versus Sonata. Now, I'll kind of set the scene a little bit. So there's a little bit of history here. There's actually a lot of history here. So Evil and Sonata are both part of the same faction. That faction being Los Ingronabla du Japon, which, uh, and the leader of that faction is Tetsuya Naito, who is the current double intercontinental and IWGP world champion. So the winner of the cup gets a shot against him. So my initial prediction was for Sonada to win the cup, mainly because he's currently the only member of LIJ, which is what they call Los Inglobras du Japan, as you can't say that all the time, as it's a pain and difficult. Um, as he's the only one in the faction without a belt. So my logic was that Sonata was going to go through this tournament and end up having a match against Naito, which would have made a lot of storyline sense and would have been maybe potentially of a little bit of a rift inside LIJ. But quite the opposite happened, as Evil has spent this entire tournament cheating to win, and that continued here. So him and Sonata have been four-time IWGP tag team champions. So... The match starts with Evil trying to give him their like little handshake greeting thing, and then it's immediately going for his finisher, and ends up winning the match by nefarious means. So we have an Evil versus Kazuchika Okada final. And this is a big, this is a big shock. There, this is a big shock. I think so. I don't think anyone particularly expected Evil to go all the way to the finals. To be honest, I think they've changed tact with the booking since they've had to restructure the tournament because of Corona. Right, but still be okay. a good good final. Now, my big question here is: when they do the final, is it just one match on the card, or is there under match? No, so there's an undercard. So New Japan is quite famous for the way that they run their undercards. Generally, there'll be a lot of multi-man matches. Right. So the same with all these cup shows. There's been like a lot of the stables will have like four v fours and three v threes, and they'll also say have different competitors from the cup will then go into matches and stuff. So there'll always be supporting undercards. And there's, it's not like a third, fourth play, there's not a third, fourth place playoff, is there? I'm not actually sure. I don't think they bother, to be honest. I don't think there's any prize for third. So. Right. Okay. Okay, I'm just, just intrigued, just intrigued. Um, almost as intrigued as I am to ask if you've done your homework from last week, John. Yes, I have. What did you think? Incredible. Incre- really, really, what a match. So it was um, obviously a mega... Um, Omega Akada, um, inc- incredible match. You can't fault that. You can't fault. You can see why Meltzer gives it the big five stars and what have you. It, it was an incredible match. Can't fault it's, it. Yeah, you just can't fault it. It's they're long, but it's it's quite a satisfying watch. That's my favourite of the three. Shoot me anyone who thinks the time limit draws any better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But speaking of Kenny Omega, Sal, now as someone who's seen Kenny Omega in New Japan, John, do you feel that? He's very now a different wrestler than he was in New Japan from what little you've seen of him. I think he's lost. I don't know where I can don't know where I can quite place it, but it doesn't seem he has the intensity. Mm. That I he think had I've, in that. I've got a theory, right? Right. So back in the day when I first was introduced to New Japan, it was just as AJ was leaving. So Kenny turns heel basically on AJ and kicks him out of the Bullet Club and then becomes a heavyweight rather than being a junior. And so then establishes the character of being the leader of the most evil faction. So he's top gaijin and he kind of develops this over-the-top anime villain style persona with like his delivery and his pose work and stuff like that. And then the problem was that his matches got too good and he just slowly, organically began to turn face. And I think at the same time, a lot of like the elite were in Bullet Club at this point and they were quite popular even in Japan, with, even like with merch sales and stuff like that. So they slowly turned face. 
And in doing so, I think it just kind of completely destroyed his character. And since, of course, he's come across to AEW, he's just remained that kind of same face version that he was in New Japan. And I think it's really not translated. And it's really a bit of a shame. So do you think he, he needs to return heel to kind of rediscover that kind of impetus? I think he just needs a change. I mean, we all talk about the heel turn like it's this dramatic thing that can completely change a wrestler when sometimes the heel turn can be the biggest mistake. I don't think it needs to be a turn. It just needs to be a, quite a dramatic change to his character. But I mean, changing from face to heel completely changes your ring ring style immediately. You know, you're you know mm. as a as a heel, you're you're doing a lot more work than you are as a as a as a face, aren't you? I see. I I still think that 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 mentality in the face heel wrestling styles is changing now. I think like you can't have that same split anymore. I know that a lot of traditionalists still want it, and I'd imagine a lot of bookers probably still tell them to do it. But if you have a heel who's flippy as hell. You can't take away all his flips because he probably doesn't know how to do like proper ground and pound and submission moves as well as he can do his flips. So it kind of dilutes the whole product. I think one thing I'd quite like to see, I keep saying that when I think the heel turn is something that is incoming, but I think if they had them drop the tag team titles, they would just have to put him in one big match to try and establish who he is. And I would love to see him, if they don't turn him heel, Put him in there with Cody Rhodes for half an hour or even an hour. Mm. Iron Man match for the TNT <laughs> title and then just, you know, let them go at it. Let Cody be a bit heelish. And I think that might awaken something that's been missing. But His I think they just have been a big match. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I know definitely have been, but I think it's I think there's just something missing. I don't know what it is. Mm. I think it's as well he does not quite connecting with the American crowd as much as we were all expecting him to. I, I'm not yeah. sure if that's maybe that People had only really heard about him. They hadn't seen him, if that makes Because he's always been batted around the wrestling media and he's always talked about as, well, definitely at the time he was perhaps the great best wrestler who's never been to WWE. He's active just now. So there was maybe too much hype around him and then it just kind of fizzled out and he's not getting the traction. I think we mentioned it before as well, but it might just be a kind of thing where he's like, well, my time in the ring has maybe drawn to an end. Maybe I'll focus on the training part of it. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's not, still got yeah, back out. He's got a good few miles left in the he's tank. He's young. Like, I was gonna, he's not an old boss. boy. I'm going to actually I, check what age is, but I'm like, I, I don't know if it's just maybe taking more responsibility, but no, he's definitely nowhere near... Um, is he over 40? No, he's 36. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like when you said, like, kind of whistling me. down, I'm like, no way, John. He's like, he's in the bloody prime of his career. Yeah. Aye. Uh, Odd one. Well, I mean, I'll be interested to see what they do with them in AEW. But yeah, slight sidestep away from New Japan, but an interesting conversation there, Alex. Um, have, you got homework? have you got homework for us? Actually, you know, I, I, I was too busy being distracted by thinking about Kenny Omega to set you any homework. I think if it's were... to teach us how to, uh, pre- or for us to learn how to pronounce the loss in Gobernables de Japón next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... Uh... <laughs> Oh no, do you know what your homework is for next week actually? Because the cup final is on the 11th, so your homework for next week is to watch the final of the New Japan Cup. Okay, okay, we'll do that then. Thanks, Alex. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. More good news this week. <laughs> Is there more good news this week? Tell us. <laughs> no, there's no good news. news. Start, it's always bad like news. A, a wah, 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 or the news, whatever. It's a bad week. So it's a bad week for WWE and lots of accounts. Um, and let's start off with the fact that Vince obviously wanted SummerSlam to be live, but that is no happening. Uh, I think this is the least surprising news uh, that we were ever going to say, but SummerSlam is apparently taking place for the Performance Center. Um, who'd have thought it? <laughs> mm. uh, it? It seems like that's the plan. It's going to be for one night. This was PW Insider said that it's, um, it's taking place for the Performance Center. Looks like it's going to be one night. Apparently, they were kind of looking ahead uh, at trying to have it in Boston, but that was quickly shut down um, by the people in charge in Boston. <laughs> so obviously not something that this was... This is in Florida, mate. You can't have your wrestling shows <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was meant to be at the TD Garden in Boston, which, you know, we all know that there was the speculation that we were maybe getting Sasha versus Bailey, Sasha's hometown. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It seems like we were, you know, resigned to that not happening in front of a crowd at SummerSlam for a wee while. Mayor Marty Walsh is the guy that's um, said that all events uh, in terms of large gatherings are suspended until September 7th. And obviously that falls after the date SummerSlam was meant to fall. So it looks like it's going to be at the Performance Centre, but right now there's no official announcement and we don't know much else aside from the fact that it's meant to be on, I believe, the 23rd of August. and at the performance center so aye more uh, more covid related news there <laughs> and talking of covid there's more covid related news from the world of wwe as there's been a lot more people testing positive i believe so the big big news here i think isn't it even and this might be be me being like desensitized to this kind of news but the big news that i took for this is that apparently close to 1,500 tests have been conducted. And I'm like, how have you had 1,500 people in the performance centre for the past couple of weeks? That is absolutely insane. Surely um, it's retesting and retesting yeah, and retesting. Is it not? And be, doing multiple people every yeah, day. Yeah, that's got to be the, the way of it. But I'm going, even at that, how many... I'm trying to think of how many weeks they'd be testing for. Well, if you think about it, right? I mean, so if you call 100 people in wrestlers and staff, 15 yeah. days, that's two weeks. Yeah. Uh, not that unreasonable yeah. like you know like they were t- like was it you that mentioned that there's a lot more people are going into these wwe shows than we're seeing on tv yeah yeah, yeah backstage so i mean hundreds probably actually light of what they have in the pc yeah man that's a that's a lot of tests <laughs> i'll leave you with, that's the thing that i think it's actually surprising when you look at the percentage now uh because says at least 30 positive tests was what Ryan Satin said. John Alba added to it and said that he's held closer to 40. Um, but I still think in comparison to the amount of tests that have been done, I mean, it's not a low number because obviously it's a, an astronomical number for people that are testing positive for a potentially fatal virus. But it doesn't look like the number's going down anytime soon. It was only a couple of weeks ago that we heard that it was, what, over three? I think was the first number we heard. And then it quickly went up to possibly somewhere in the two dozen ballpark. 
now we're at 30 and then John Alba saying almost 40. So if they're continuing running shows, I know that they're doing testing and everything, it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. They've really got to consider shutting down the shows, surely. They've, they've got to consider it. I mean, especially with the rate that's going in Florida, the rate right across parts of America. It's incredible, you know? Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens. It's Florida yesterday had 10,000 new cases uh, overnight. So. <laughs> the Italian president tested positive today. It's all kicking off. It's all just a couple of weeks we'll get Trump to. Oh, Jesus, man, that's that's un- unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I can I can see WWE shutting down. I mean, AEW is probably going to... I'm guessing if it's Florida keeps going the way it is, that AEW is in uh, danger of shutting down as well, you know? I keep saying it, but Impact are the people that are doing this the right way. And I know that that's no much different for the way they've been doing things over the past few months, but they've been recording a month's worth of content at a time. Yeah. Or over a month's worth of content at a time. If you're going to do it, that's probably the way to do it. I know it takes a lot, but it's probably the way they should do it. I think with with no crowds, having the shows live just doesn't seem nearly as relevant. Yeah. Oh, well, to avoid spoilers getting out, maybe. Potentially, but if you think about... I didn't really hear during, say, when AEW was batch taping in um, Cutie Marshall's gym that we all now know it was, I didn't hear any spoilers for any of those weeks. No. Like it was, I don't think spoilers ever been a problem because it's you're obviously recording with such a tight net crew that don't want that to get out or else it'll just spoil their jobs and their show. Yeah, uh, And talking of spoiler alerts, apparently um, Shayna Baszler was originally booked to beat Becky at WrestleMania. It's been revealed this week. Yeah, so this is something I'd heard something in line with us that I'll mention after the original news. The original news came from Fightful Select. Um, who I keep mentioning it, Sean Ross Sapp is absolutely brilliant, so I'll take most things he says as being true, because most of them play out to be true. Uh, so this one, it said, apparently Shayna Baszler was originally booked to win at WrestleMania, um, but Vince McMahon decided to change his mind. When does that ever happen? <laughs> uh, and apparently um, Becky, I think we heard this last week, Becky had even essentially said she wanted to lose the title to uh, Shayna Baszler before she realised she was pregnant, but it wasn't to be. The weird thing is, we've since found out, uh, I don't think this was from Fightful Select, I think this was maybe from uh, Meltzer, um, who we've actually no mentioned now, uh, this week until now, but apparently Shayna Baszler was meant to win the Royal Rumble as well. Uh, and oddly, the thing that I'd been told about this a few weeks ago was that Becky Lynch, you know, there was all these rumours that Becky Lynch was going to be taking time off after WrestleMania, Apparently, that was never meant to be the case. She was meant to be working with Shayna Baszler until WrestleMania, which happened. And then it was meant to be or working with Nia Jax and then working again with Shayna Baszler. The one thing I don't know is where the title would have fell there if she would have lost it to Baszler and then been non-title with Nia Jax and then back to Baszler. But that would seem to make sense now. But yeah. yeah, either way, odd one. Uh, and the only other big news, a bit closer to home this week, we have... An all-party parliamentary group for wrestling, which is pretty big news if you think that politicians are actually taking notice of what's happening in wrestling. They held their first meeting today, as we record this, you know, um, I was going to say Wednesday, Tuesday the 7th. Uh, They held their first meeting today. The group, I know we don't normally go into politics, it's the one kind of thing we can mention here, because I did say all-party parliamentary group. The two main people, as far as I know, are Alex Davies-Jones for Labour, 
and Mark Fletcher from the Conservatives. Um, that was put out there originally by TWM, who I know the guy there, Adam Kaler, is a political journalist, or was in the past. Uh, and there's a load of other people that are in line to be involved as well in terms of just being Labour Conservative. Pretty big news after the speaking out movement, but the weird thing was the only tweet that came out for one of them today was Alex Davies-Jones tweeting about how the coronavirus has affected wrestling here. So I guess that means we're getting a very broad spectrum of things are going to address. Maybe, you know, maybe in terms of workers' rights, maybe in terms of, you know, economy. Be interesting to see what happens. I'm the only one who'd want to be a fly on the wall in those meetings when they had to try to explain to those two politicians how the professional wrestling industry oh my works. God. Um, and explain who are, who are the heels and who are the faces and the, the government right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite an easy I mean, one. Though, sure. I mean, the, the APPW, the All-Parliamentary oh. Party Wrestling Group, sounds like an actual federation in itself. It sounds like a promotion. I'm Maybe gonna, that's what the BBC is going to start. This is going to be the answer, because now that we're, we're not sure of the future of British wrestling, WOS has crashed out years ago. It's BBC's time to shake. Yeah, I mean, APBG world champion is going to be crowned at some point <laughs> <laughs> during the House of Commons. It, it's, it's brilliant. It's House actually, of Commons match. That's the cinematic. Uh, House of Commons yeah. I mean, it's great that it actually has reached this level, however, and it looks like something is going to get done about it. Grado was going on about he he actually genuinely wrote to his um, MP about it, uh, and his MP got back to him and just said, "Go to the polis." <laughs> so, get, get Grado on that panel. I think Grado has to be the representative of the Scottish wrestling community. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, it's it's great. It's, it's actually reached this level. And hopefully, I know we've spoken. We obviously Rab and Grado spoke about it on on the headline show when we devoted a lot of time to. It. We spoke to it about it in this show. There needs to be regulation in place for independent promotions. You know, every walk of life that you go into, whether that's football, rugby, you know, judo, whatever it is, these checks are all done previously um, and it's all very, very placed in, you know, internally and there's governing bodies above that. So wrestling needs to fall into line with this. So it is good that something looks like what, something will happen with it. So It'll be interesting to see who kind of takes this forward from the British wrestling scene as well. That's a, that is a very... Certainly, at this point, there's a. I mean, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff out there in wrestling. A lot of people. I mean, going back to Discovery Wrestling, I've been very good on this point. Um, I think down they south, put out a new code of conduct recently as well. You know, a lot of companies I've seen down south as well. I've, I've done I know, a lot um, in Ireland, OTT brought out a new kind of regulation as well. Yeah. Um, there's so another wee thing. Yeah. Um, there was another wee thing as well that happened, but this was back, I think this was the day after we spoke last week, uh, and it was the, oh, he's part of a diffid group about um, essentially protecting people for sexual exploitation, and that was uh, the news that a rule's going to come in next week, to uh, next week, sorry, definitely not next week, a rule's coming in next year to close a loophole that currently makes it technically legal for um, wrestling trainers and you know football coaches and other people to have uh, sexual relationships with their trainees that are under the age of 18. So that's something that's going to be closed next week. I, I only remembered that when you mentioned uh, Grado writing to his MP because that was something that I filled out a wee questionnaire and it sent it to my MP. Um, but apparently next year that loophole is going to be closed as well. So it definitely seems like the government are taking an interest. Yeah. So. 
Absolutely. I'd love to have seen Vader's letter to the MP. That would have been an absolute belter. John, that's um, your job. That's your new homework for next week. We want a copy of that letter. letter Patreon's exclusively. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary, thank you very much for the news, as always. By now, you should really know that we have a Patreon service. Now, Patreon, if you don't know what that is, it's a service that offers you extra content from this podcast. We can be found at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, where you can sign up for a monthly subscription, uh, varying in price. Um, in tier one, you can get that for about three quid a month. You'll get the Cruiserweight Champion, you'll get ad-free versions of all episodes, Patreon-only chat community, early episode access of the headline show with Rab and Grado, bonus content from all shows. Uh, you've got a full video version of this podcast. Unfortunately, that's not happening this week because I'm off the holiday and I can't, don't have time to do it, but it will be back next week. Uh, you can vote on what you want to see in the list of wrestling app as well. Tier 2, Intercontinental Champion. We bit dear, about 7 quid a month. Everything in Tier 1, you'll get all that. Plus you get a video version of flagship show on a Friday, which this week is a best of show, which is really, really funny. So get involved in that. They get invited to our Patreon only pay-per-view parties with us guys. We usually sit down and watch our pay-per-view and slag it off. Get involved in that. And you'll get a bonus episode once a month at this current moment. There's three up there that you can get. You can get a WrestleMania preview with us and Rab. You can get um, part one of the Gradle story. And you get an AEW report card. They're all up there if you join up on Tier 2. Tier 3, World Heavyweight Champion. About 15 quid a month. Everything in previous tiers as well as uh, a Wrestling Daft t-shirt when you're signed up for a minimum of three months. And you get the chance to come on this show as a mark. Um, and very exciting news, we're going to be starting a new feature on um, Wrestling Daft, the headline show, uh, where you'll be able to get involved with that as well. So if you fancy any of that stuff, please check it all out, patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. We'd love to welcome you into the Wrestling Daft community and to the roster. Right, boys, um, we're back on Fantasy Booking Island. Um, I hope you've got your suntan lotion ready. Um, I'm out on the Wrestling Daft Raft as I hold the book this week, and you two are stuck on the island. Well, um, I mean, can I, can, I just, can I just say, it was a very last-minute flight you booked us today, John. Was <laughs> what was the last-minute last flight? to prepare for this trip. Sorry, I forgot to give the boys booking a bit earlier, so they've only had about five or six hours to prepare this booking. Basically... It's a fantasy tag team that I want to put together this week. Uh, so you can pick any wrestler from any promotion from any time, put those two wrestlers together, and basically I want the name of the team and a look for that wrestler. I don't want any kind of booking decisions or anything like that. All I'm looking for is two wrestlers put together, a name of the team, and a look. Does that sound easy enough? It's That's unacceptable because I've written, not storylines, but little things I want my tag team to do, John. That's acceptable, Alex. I will take that on board. Um, as long as it's right. in three minutes. As yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely in three minutes. So you guys can have three minutes to do this. Um, as usual, we flip a badge with Gary Cassidy's face on it. Um, he's going to flip the badge and then make the call whether he wants to go first or second. Uh, you call it this week, Alex? I always call it. You never let Gary call his yeah. own throw. No, so this no, week, no, that would be, Gary should call his own throw. Cool, I can call it if you want. And I'm obviously going to go for heads because it's my head on the badge. It's tails. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first or second on the booking, Alex? I'll go first. Let's get oh. this done. Okay, right, let's go. Your let's three minutes starts 
now. Okay, so I won 1996 Ravishing Rick Rude, and I'd say about 2015 Joey Ryan together. <laughs> I would definitely go for 2015. Yeah, I was about to say, I can't use, like, it's, it's a little bit on the nose, but I'm just going to keep going with it, right? So their name is going to be Debauchery. Right, and then we're going to kind of merge the two gimmicks together. So they're both going to come up with the lollipops after they beat someone up. That's going to be like the little calling card. They're going to have the full mustaches, and they're both going to do the robes reveal. But I want Joey to put on about 20 pounds, so he's a little bit fat, and then Rick's really skinny. And so their whole gimmick is they try and get women, but then Rick does really well, and he's trying to teach Joey, but Joey's really fat and really puts them off. So, <laughs> so Rick will be serious, Joey will be silly. Um, they're going to do a W Pornplex as their finisher. So just <laughs> a couple of little couple of little storylines for you. So we're going to toss them straight into the Attitude Era, because that's where they belong. And they're just going to essentially be like a bit of comedy foil for the big three. So they're going to get consistently KB'd by the Divas. They're going to be pals with Val Venus, obviously. They're going to like sit and play strip poker with the APA. Weird, weird thought that. Cross-dressing with gold dust. <laughs> they could have a dance-off with Too Cool. Their big one, their big main storyline is going to be that they're going to be pals with the Godfather, right? And they're going to party the Godfather into the ground so badly that he has to go and join Right to Censor. So that will be the origin story of the Godfather and Right to Censor. And then the whole thing will break up because um, Joey Ryan is in love with Ivory, or is it Victoria? I can never remember. And basically, Rick Rude gets in there too early and steals her before Joey gets his chance. And that's what leads to the inevitable split up. Yep, there you go. That's 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 the, the outline for debauchery. I quite, well, what's the look? What's the look then? Are they going with the Rick Rude tights? Or the, oh, Rick Rude tights. So both with pink trunks, both with big moustaches, both come out with shades with the lollipops, just as much sleaze in there as possible. Like a ridiculous amount of chest hair. I'd maybe go as far as to put fake chest hair on Joey Ryan just for the band. Right, okay, nice. Uh, two minutes, you're in there, Alex. Um, quite like that, quite like that idea. Let's flip over to Gary and see what he's got. No sure I can compete with an origin story. Mine's is very basic, so I'm going to run through a couple of my failed ideas first. Um, <laughs> I was going to have a team of Ty Dillinger called the Perfect Ten, and I didn't know who to have with him, so I was going to go for John Ten. Uh, I was going to be. <laughs> uh, I also played with the idea, wrong choice of words, uh, of having DDP and Cactus Jack as the Bang Brothers. Uh, I decided that was not the best uh, interest, particularly now that I've heard Alex's idea. And another one that I didn't think I named for is I thought it'd be cool to see Neville and Ricochet together. But Ooh, that would be good. What, what I settled on was I wanted to do an old school tag team and I'd put this tag team back into maybe mid-90s WWF, I think would be the perfect spot for them. I was initially going to call them the Cerebral Serpents, but then I thought that sounded like I was putting Triple H in it. I thought, yeah, Triple H and Randy Orton, that's the cerebral nope. serpent, surely. I'm um, putting Jake the Snake and Randy Orton together. So, oh. two guys that obviously have a lot in common image-wise, uh, maybe not in terms of their attire, but I would put them in old-school kind of 90s attire, traditional tag team. I would have them both in just normal trunks and boots with snakes on them, snake-themed stuff, both carrying snakes to the ring. I'd have Randy Orton being taught how to be a snake handler by Jake the Snake, the only any way I put forward on this, I didn't think any booking or anything, but their finishing move is a tag team move, and it's through the ropes, them doing the DDT that Randy Orton does, because Jake the Snake's move is a DDT. And the, their tag team name, I'm going to mention this after I say what Michael Cole says, 
when he does it. It's vintage venomous vipers, and they are called the venomous vipers, Randy Orton and Jake the Snake. And that's as far as I went. <laughs> Alliteration! <laughs> very, two very different tag teams, two very different ideas there, boys. I like that. No, I think we should settle this. I think we should just get them, all four of them in a ring and just let them have a match. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of issues with that one, Alex, but I won't go into that. Probably <laughs> um, Ryan's not working currently. And um, Ravish and Rick Rude is dead. Is probably the main issue with that one, but yeah. Um, we're on Fantasy Booking Island Tower, and we all know that anything goes in this island. Alex, I like, because I have to say, two of my favourite wrestlers of all time are Ravish and Rick Rude and Jake the Snake, right? Jake I thought you were going to say Ravish and Rick, Rick and Rude and Joey Ryan. I was going to say Rick and Joey Ryan before, John. Um, Jake, Jake the Saint was my favourite wrestler as a kid, and Ravish and Rick Rude was always my favourite heel because I just loved that whole thing. It's it's a flip of a coin this week. Bop of a badge with Gary's head on it. I think just for me, I, I appreciated what you did with the booking and the, the, the backstory and all that. But just because it's a fourth of the coin and, you know, you win all the time, Alex, it's going to be Gary that wins. It's a win through pity, but I'll take it every day of the week. Uh, what a way to congratulate Gary. Gary. Here you go, Gary. You never win. Take a win. <laughs> <laughs> no, take, take the W. No, it was, it, it was, I like that idea. I like that idea too. I don't mind like losing to it. But can, can I throw in that Randy Orton would need to grow his hair for that role? <laughs> yes, I think yeah, he would definitely like, have to have longer with hair. His plugs, so we can see how good his hair transplant was. I yeah. think the longest he's had his hair was that kind of surfer image he had when he done the RNN news report as well. I think that's the only time he's ever had a long hair, and it was like obviously not that long. <laughs> right, well done, I'm Gary. Gonna go the podcast. I'm going to go look at pictures of Randy Orton in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you have the book for next week, my friend. Excellent, thank you. So that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Remember, we go twice a week with us on a Tuesday and with Rab and Grado on a Friday, which this week will be a best of show and there's some absolute cracking bits from the interviews and Grado's stories and all the stuff that you guys provide us with. So thank you very much for that. Uh, remember, you're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get on there, get signed up. You'll get video versions, get loads of extra content, so get signed up there. And if you fancy buying a t-shirt and supporting the podcast, you could do that as well. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, before we go, boys, I think uh, let's just look ahead to uh, night two of both Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash. Let's kick off with the AE dub, um, Kenny Omega and Hangman versus Private Party for the tag team titles. Yeah, they've had to shoehorn this in because of Mox and Cage being moved and yeah. see if they put the belts on Private Party instead of Best Friends. I'd say I'd stop watching AEW, but I probably wouldn't, so it would be an empty threat. Yeah, there's no no, no chance no chance of that, I don't think. Uh, Private Party, like you say, it's just a filler match, isn't it? It's just a filler match. Yeah. Yeah. This will be a good filler match, don't get me wrong. It likes to be like a top quality filler match, but it will be good. Our private party, I know Gary, you're not a massive fan of private party. No, no, not for me. Not for me. They're Bad just thing. not the profits, mate. They're just yeah. not the they're profits. Not the, they're not the profits, but they're really good. I love their tag team work. Um, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. I'm oh, looking forward to it, but it's got to be Lance Archer, hasn't it? Of course it is, yeah. I'm surprised Lance has been off TV so much recently. Yeah. 
they just kind of pop up occasionally. Yep, yep. Uh, then we have FTR and the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bars and the Butcher and the Blades. Can't really see past FTR and the Bucks as much as I love both of the other tag teams. And I can't believe I'm sitting here six months later saying I love Butcher and the Blade, but... God damn that man in his white nine-inch nails t-shirt is master. <laughs> but I think the, the best thing about this match is I think it might be the way that, you know, after the match happens, after the result happens, we get the little tease of the dream match that we're inevitably heading for down the line. I yeah, like the I, way they've managed to involve all of the teams in this angle. Yeah. If you just like a combined tag team storyline instead of just the Bucks and FTR, which I quite like. No, no, I, I, I think Gary's right. I'm wondering though if they're just kind of holding the bus a wee bit on the FTR Young Bucks match because, just to suit, wait to see, get a crowd in because a crowd in. you want to see that match with a crowd in. So I don't know if they'll maybe just push the button or they'll just kind of cross their fingers and hope that they can get crowds in the, over the next few months. But the way it's going in America, as we said previously, it's not looking likely. Um, Dark Order and Colt Cabana versus SoCal Uncensored SCU. Brody's got to take out probably Daniels because that's... Is this, no, it's not. Yeah, there's a bit of history between the Dark Order and Daniels, isn't there? Yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I reckon Brody lays out Daniels and gives the pin to Colt. And I believe the main event is Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be a cracker. I'm going to stick. I'm going to keep my head on the line. I already screwed up last week by saying Beth friends for a full win, but I'm still sticking with Cassidy for a win here. That's the one time we're disagreeing. I'm going Jericho now. I, I was thinking Cassidy until two weeks ago, and it's Jericho. I'm yeah, thinking I, with I, my heart, Gary. I'm thinking <laughs> with my heart. Yeah, I think with everything that's kind of gone on um, with Guevara and what, I think I think they need to keep Jericho strong. And I think Jericho, Inner Circle can lost completely on night one as well, so they need yeah. a win. Yeah, so I think Jer- Jericho stay strong. And as much as I'd love to see Cassidy go over Jericho, I think they'll, they'll, they'll put Jericho over on this one. Um, right, okay, great. American Bash. Not too as many car, uh, matches on the card for this one, but uh, let's go for it. Uh, we have got Drake Maverick and Bree Zangle, which is going to be fucking comedy brilliance, I hope. I hope this is a thing going forward. Versus Legado del Fantasma. Well, they're definitely going to get absolutely annihilated by Legado del Fantasma, but I think they'll entertain us, so who's really the winners there? That's, uh, that's my question. Do, do you think um, <laughs> look at, uh, yeah, Legado del Fantasma It's their first run out? They've got to run over them. I'm intrigued to see how strongly they push Garza and um, Wild as well, because they've very much been um, Escobar's henchmen, so it'd be yeah. good to see them step out and... That, that, whole present, that whole presentation of them, I think, is really cool. And the I entrance like, is great. Yeah, and I, I do like the hints that there's going to be more people, because he kind of hinted in that in NXT, that more people would be kind of joining the, you know, so I love to see that stable kind of grow and uh, become this, like, as he said, an empire. Uh, so I think as well, you can start throwing, if they stay as a strong stable, you can use them outside of the cruiserweight division as well. Yeah. I do, they should be. I mean, I, I think the cruiserweight is just a stepping stone for it, Alex. I, I, I can't see them being stuck in that division for long. Um, Martin, Mercedes Martinez is kind of making her return. Well, well you, you can call it a return, I guess. It's a, more of a debut uh, against an unnamed opponent. We don't know who that'll be, so it'll be... I don't know, Caden Carter or something. I was going to say, it's got, it can't be. I hate when they say unnamed opponent because you think big, but if it's going to be Mercedes Martinez, she has to, again, run over somebody yeah. for a return. So. Exactly. So that would be, it'll be something like that. Um, Casey Canizaro or something like that. It'll be, it'll be some of that. Uh, and a, a, a match has been thrown again. Damien Priest versus Cameron Grimes is uh, on the card. 
I think they would really call that. Win. I, I, th- I think Priest needs a win here. I keep saying it where the Balor win, I think, or the Balor loss, Priest losing to Balor was the right decision, but I think we need to see a, a Priest win. But definitely as it's two guys that, um, along with Bronson Reed, that's two guys that Triple H has said are the future of NXT. Yeah. So, I, I, it's I, really I, strong promo work from him last week as well. I Grimes, really like Grimes, that Grimes. headset on. Grimes was excellent on that, but I, I was going to put over as my put over, and uh, actually, I thought Grimes' promo cut was brilliant, really, really great. I Even Priest it, later on in the night did a good promo too, like to the hard cam, to like backstage segment. It was yeah. generally pretty good from both of them. No, it's, it's I mean, it's, 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 yes, the, I think they're both great in the ring as well. I don't like obviously it's, it's Priest. There might be I, I never like a heel versus heel match, you know. And I'm not never a massive fan of that. I don't know why I don't mind. Face versus face, but a, a heel versus heel. And I mean, you're a mark, and you don't like heels, John. I know, I know. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see that. I would say I think Grimes might go over it as a bit of a shock. I think, but we'll wait and see about that. Uh, street fight: Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim. Was street fight stipulation came out of fucking nowhere, but no, no idea, <laughs> no idea where that came from. <laughs> I know, but it's going to be a street fight, uh, and then uh, Gary. I, th- I think Candice LeRae needs a win in that, doesn't she? I mean, I, but I feel like Mia Yim is somebody that they have been booking as being like close to a, yeah, so it's a yeah. bit of a strange one, but I feel like Candice LeRae maybe does need to sneak the win there just yeah. for... It's, just it's like Mia, Mia Yim is probably one of the biggest stepping stones in like all of wrestling. Like she just constantly yeah. used as that. She's such a great performer as well. Um, and you said off the back of obviously it's just been announced as we record this podcast it's going to be Johnny Gargano and Swerve that was off the back of the the backstage shenanigans that happened last week as well yep. so. oddly that's the match with the least notice and I think that could steal the show I think uh, that should be a fun match more than anything else both would yep. be really good I think they wouldn't put Swerve over Gargano would they? oh you never know <laughs> I mean I, I don't think so but I, I, wouldn't they be too surprised he's been very quiet and out of the picture for a while yeah. so getting him back into a kind of uh, you know a mid-card picture might be worth doing that because just I don't think a loss would affect Gargano any so no, I don't think a loss hurts either of them no honestly that's one of the few matches that I think I can just go in and enjoy it and not really care what happens that'll be yeah. just be a good match to watch and finally and we alluded to earlier on <laughs> <laughs> the North American Championship versus the NXT Championship. Uh, Alex is putting his fingers in his ears. It's Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. Can I give a bold prediction here and avoid the spoiler completely? I think the spoiler that is out there isn't the end of the event. I think Karrion Cross might appear and possibly even turn back time and uh, change the outcome of the match. That's a bold prediction. That's never going to happen. <laughs> well, I was thinking there's a, there's a weird lack of carrying cross on this card. Yeah, th- yeah I think like, it might just show up at the end for a, a stale down. Maybe I think it might just be a stale down, and if, maybe if the, 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 they might have him. See, I think he could interfere in the Gargano Swerve match because he's taking out Champa. So the next logical step is maybe go over Gargano first. But it depends because it depends on how if they're going to keep Keith Lee versus Cole and give them a rematch or he's if targeted. that's going to be one and done. He's targeted Cole as well because he's got the timer ticking down on yeah. Cole. So I think, you know, oh, the timer yeah. will probably play into it. But and Alex yeah, or Charlotte with the... Sorry, Scarlet with the... Uh, yeah, um, Hourglass. Hourglass. Sorry, my bad. Hourglass, I... Alex has, obviously hasn't seen the spoiler as well. And if you haven't seen the spoiler, uh, the, one of the guys from Indus Sure 
put up a picture of who actually won the match. What appears unless it is a total swear from the WWE. The, um, well, I mean, it's the last we'll ever see of Endo Show, which is a bit of a shame because I really, really like what's his name, Malcolm again? Bivens. Bivens face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The best but, part about that is um, the fact that so I woke up at around midday. Don't judge me; I'd been up late doing wrestling stuff. Um, I woke up at midday, and this was shared at around about five a.m. And apparently the official line is that he thought it was live <laughs> in the <laughs> damage. Uh, but no one had caught this. I got uh, I had a Twitter DM with it and I, I checked everywhere and I couldn't find this photo for love nor money anywhere. And I had to reach out to a couple of people in Florida and say, do you know if this is what happened? This, this photo looks legit. There's no way this can be faked. Is this what happened? And they said, yes, that's definitely what happened. But no one's seen the image. And then one of them uh, found out and I know that it's now common knowledge. I think Brian Alvarez reported it. That uh, in the least surprising news, maybe the second least surprising news, other than SummerSlam being at the PC, there is a lot of heat on the member of Indus Shell. <laughs> Shell damage now. <laughs> so, but I, we won't spoil it for you, Alex, and we won't spoil it for the listeners of who the picture of was. Uh, so enjoy Fighter Fest Night 2 and then the Great American Bash Night 2. And we will see you next week for another exciting episode of Wrestling Daft The Marks. Until then, keep marking out. And don't spoil anything for anyone else. And I think the one thing we also need to mention is the fact that John is apparently, as far as I know, still wearing the Mark coffee trunks. Yes, I am. (laughs) Audio Frontier. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.